3: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL,
2: America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three, it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. with Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session
0: with Mackie, Judd, and Rami.
2: All right. And our corrupt, I don't know, crooked... Honorable. Mm. Dishonorable mm-hmm. producer Jonathan Harrison. He makes up the rules. That's the biggest problem. <laughs> he does. Uh, it's three wow. questions. He awards a point to the winner of each question. If there's a tie at the end, trivia will break the tie. <laughs> And uh let's start this thing off, Jonathan Harrison. What do you got for us?
1: Alright, we'll uh we'll go basketball for the first two. So outside of the Warriors, who should I root for in the NBA playoffs with just four teams left left? I want you to each convince me of a team. So I've given you each I've given each of you guys a team to convince me of. So Phil, you're gonna convince me of the Raptors. Judd, you're convincing me of the Blazers, and Rami, I'm gonna give you an easy one. Convince me of the Bucks. Alright. This is already rigged. He's a, he likes the Bucks. He covered the Bucks.
0: But there's also good reason to root for the Bucks. So I guess I'll lead this thing off. Go right ahead. Three, it's rigged anyway. I'll give you three reasons. Why, well, four, four four reasons why you should root for your Milwaukee Bucks. We're gonna call them your Milwaukee Bucks because I can't The campaign. Wolves you, are. You, you should have long since. You should adopt them for the rest of this season. Is all I'm saying. For the rest of this season, make them your Milwaukee Bucks. First of all, Midwest team. We're all in the Midwest right here, right? We're all Midwest, Big Ten. We all like to, co- co- I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but we all, you know, there's a there's a feeling of camaraderie among all of us here in the Midwest. We That's like, not
2: exactly how I feel about Iowa Hawkeyes fans, but nope. we
0: like sausage, I'll, and I'll hear you beer out. and cheese and mustaches and sweatshirts. That's our thing. That's our thing. So adopt your fellow Midwestern team in the Milwaukee Bucks too. Two, the Milwaukee Bucks should give you hope for your Minnesota Timberwolves because sort of similar situations. Old, out-of-their-time owners, but handing over control of the franchise to younger, forward-looking people who look to... Be ready to take this team into the next era and with a big superstar already here in the middle to build around. That's two. Three. Is there a more likable superstar than Giannis Adetokounmpo, the immigrant story, humble, selfless? hard-working, hates his opponents. It's not this buddy-buddy stuff that you have in the NBA nowadays. He wants to rip your throat out and win championships and MVPs. That's all Giannis cares about. And four, if you're not an NBA guy, if your college basketball is better than the NBA guy, the Bucs are playing good, fundamental basketball. They pass the ball more than anybody. They care about rebounding. They play good defense, starting with their superstar, and Giannis Adetokounmpo, the Bucks are the anti-NBA in terms of the things people hate about the NBA. It's not James Harden going up and pretending his throat was slashed every time he tries to attempt a shot. This is a team just playing good, fundamental, hard basketball with the best and most fun superstar to watch in all the NBA.
2: So um, my argument for the Toronto Raptors would be more uh, appealing to sympathy. This was a team (laughs) that was absolutely drubbed and destroyed by LeBron James in these heart-wrenching moments most of the last five years. And poor Dwayne Casey. They, they fired Dwayne Casey after a 59-win season last year, mainly because LeBron James is alive, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's pretty much like, Dwayne Casey, sorry, you're fired. Well, Why? Because LeBron James. <laughs> but, but but nobody really beats LeBron James except for the Warriors. We know you're fired. Then they They're just sorry. slammed the door in his face. Yeah. They
0: said, LeBron James, goodbye.
2: Right, so um, so I, I just think it's cool that uh, the Toronto Raptors have finally gotten over some of their LeBron James demons. They just don't have to face them is what's happening here. And uh, now we get to see how this team operates in a world free of, in a playoff bracket free of the greatest player of our generation. How far can they go without the LeBron roadblock is my pitch. You didn't say Kawhi though. I don't... Oh. He's the most boring superstar oh, in the... Oh, but that you lo- shot on Sunday. If you thought Tim Duncan was boring... Oh, what a magnificent did finish you hear to a sporting Ka- event. Did you hear Kawhi's post-game interview? Yeah, he's, he's I mean, boring. I he, like, fell asleep well, after the third question. Kawhi, let me wake you up. I just have two more questions. He
4: sort of <laughs> freaks me out because he's too stone cold about the stuff, yeah. but oh, that He's shock. a
0: sociopath. <laughs> I said last night... When he hit that shot, did you guys see him like... Scream? You got Manson? Bundy? <laughs> hey, Koi <Kawhi> Leonard! <laughs> did you guys see him screaming after he hit that game winner?
2: He did scream right after, but then he realized, oh my God, I'm showing emotion. I need that, to stop. There the it is. The look he on his face, right
0: you. it was like he was feeling human feelings for the first time, and yes. it physically hurt him. Yes. Like there was fire in his veins. <laughs> but, That's what it looked but like. But what a great ending to a sporting event. That was event. amazing. That oh, was just that was am- And that picture, the still shot... It's amazing. ...of the corner of that court. Yes. And Bean's on the ground. Or is oh, yeah. walking over... Uh Kawaii as he's sitting on the who's floor the to teammate? see if the shot went oh. up. The towel girl is all of us in that picture. Collar pointed that out on Twitter. And th- if you just take like little snapshots, like there's one guy who's sitting on the ground with a look on his face, like he took all the edibles, just Dude, all the drugs. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what sport it is, but he's just really happy to be
2: in
1: the This is amazing. The yeah.
2: So there's a there's a photo from the from like kind of the behind the basket. So uh, it's coming across Kawhi Leonard from right to left. And it shows the crowd behind him. And so as you're looking at whatever bench that is, I can't remember which team. Well, I guess it was the Raptors bench because they just engulfed him. There's a guy, uh, I should retweet this just so people can can see the photo. But there's a photo circulating around. And it's a zoomed in shot of a guy who, as the, the whole game is in question, and the ball is teetering on the rim. Yeah. He's staring into the camera from like the eighth row with a <laughs> oh, with like a super surefire grin on oh, his face. Oh, you've got to retweet like, this. It's like he knows what happened from 30 he's seconds earlier. He's willing the ball in. And he, he was the guy. And he's staring at the camera with this just smooth, suave wow. grin while everyone
0: else is like in he, the moment. He's a time traveler. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's a time traveler.
2: <laughs> that guy is showed up at
0: the game knowing exactly <laughs> what happened. That's my question. I'll, I'll find this in between. Is retweet. he handsome?
2: Is he handsome?
4: Yeah, I mean, because he sounds. Like, no, it's not. It sounds like he's. It sounds like he's. He's very sure of himself. It sounds like he is willing the ball into the hoop. I was just curious. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm here it is. This,
2: this guy. I'm gonna. I gotta right retweet it. Okay. This guy knew it the entire time. I'm gonna. I'm gonna retweet this and show it to you guys. And you describe to the audience what's happening. All right. So <laughs> it's it's three pictures. The first one is all the way zoomed out, like it's just Kawhi Leonard. Oh, my computer's being all slow here. All right. So, so the first picture is just this one, right? It's okay. just like you can't see. It. It's Kawhi Leonard shooting a jump shot. Yep. But the caption is, this guy knew all along. Okay. The second photo, it's a little bit closer. You kind of see, oh, they're, they're zooming in. And then the third the third photo, look at this guy.
0: <laughs> I don't see him. Oh, I oh, see yeah. him. now. kind of looks like Wetmore. <laughs> kind of looks a little bit like Derek Wetmore. from <laughs> Yeah, it. get that retweeted. That's amazing. See, yeah. and it's like he's okay, just, that's really weird. <laughs> that's creepy. He is a time traveler. He's a time traveler. <laughs> that guy's a time traveler.
4: <laughs> okay, here it is. All right, who's, Jud- is, who's
2: Judd supposed to be vouching for here?
4: Oh, my gosh. The Blazers. <laughs> this is so weird looking. That is terrifying. That is weird looking. He's like, yeah, I know that ball's going in.
2: All right, give us your why.
1: Oh, why Portland Trailblazers. Okay,
4: th- three reasons why, starting with the fact that every team... That uh, wolves fans end up having to root for, and I'm taking it this question comes from the view of a wolves fan, is that it has to have it has to feature a team, and inevitably it does, or a player who the wolves passed on, CJ McCollum, CJ oh McCollum, God. yet another guy that's my, that, might and be that was flip
2: equally as bad as the Steph Curry pass.
4: Yep, up. so another guy that was right there for the Timberwolves taken, and you know what? It's a great story. He's a fantastic player. He he had certainly a great game seven on Sunday. So that is reason why. The second is, how can you not love a franchise that once was known by the nickname of not the Portland Trail Blazers, but the Jail Blazers? And not only that, but a key person on that team, another former Wolf, Isaiah J.R. Ryder. So, reason two is... This team now full of I'm sure likable great human beings once featured the baddest of the bad wolves and they were known as the Jail Blazers and reason 3 is not the team itself but it is a Portland reason craft beer and legal pot You're going to be you're going to maybe go to a game in Portland and you can drink top-notch craft beer and get as high as you want and nobody's going to care that is why I think the Portland
1: Trailblazers should be adopted as your team for the playoffs. Well, not that I partake in one of these, but Judd, I think you win this one just based off that last point there. <laughs> I looked it up. 2000, July
4: 2015. They legalized pot in Portland. Recreational <laughs> or medicinal? Uh, recreational, I believe. Really? Same as Denver, yeah. I did not know that. Or Colorado, I should
2: say. Sorry. Facts that you, that didn't se- that was you didn't realize know. Very interesting series well, for those reasons. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, so sticking with basketball, Rockets lost to the Warriors. I want your pie chart of blame on who is to blame for the Rockets losing to the Warriors after Kevin Durant went out injured.
2: Phillip, you want to go first? Uh, sure. So ordinarily, I would give you like people to blame mm-hmm. and you know, go through the different uh, players who underachieve, like James Harden and whatever. I have two things in my pie chart, and they are, they are things. 50% choke. By the Rockets when Kevin Durant goes out and you get a home game in game six at least get beaten game seven okay at least get it to game seven and get beat on someone else's floor I thought when Kevin Durant went out I thought this was going to be sort of karma from the last year because if, if Chris Paul hadn't gone out the Rockets would have won that series and they probably would have won the championship and so if you're the Rockets thinking wow we lost one of our best players and got unlucky Let's dish it right back to them losing one of their best players, and they just choked. They choked at home, 50% choke, and then 50% genetics, because the Rockets don't have a player on their team that can score zero in the first half, wake up at halftime, and score 33 and dagger you in the second half. Steph Curry was a zombie in the first half of that game. He comes back and puts up an all-time performance, and I get that James Harden's awesome, and Chris Paul's great, and they've got some fun players, but uh, genetics of the Curry family. Did
0: you see, by the way, uh, before the game, Seth Curry was going through his pregame shooting routine? Steph or Seth? Or Steph, I'm sorry. Did I okay. say Seth? Steph Curry was going through his pregame shooting routine, and uh, apparently the Warriors shoot-around time was bleeding into the Rockets shoot-around time. Chris Paul came on the court and kicked Steph Curry off the court. <laughs> That's Chris Paul. That's great. And And cut his shooting routine short. Steph Curry then, after the game is over... Comes charging into the back hallway, and Draymond Green is waiting back there for him. And he goes, "Kick me off the court! Kick me off the court!" So that was apparently something that really pissed him off. Yeah, but it fueled the fire a little bit in the second half. It clearly. So was this at halftime or in the before the game? It worked because he didn't score a point in the first half, right? Yeah, but then it also pissed him off, and you saw second half Steph Curry. That's Chris Paul though. Yeah, he's Chris Paul is just
4: an assassin. Yes, I'll go second. Uh, and b- back in the old days of these uh, pie charts of praise and blame, I used to be like 10% for this, 15%. 3.7% uh, uh, over it's here. I'm kind of alluded. I'm going to <laughs> Each admit offensive now. offensive
2: lineman with like a certain percentage.
4: <laughs> I'm going to ad- admit now that the new Judd is trying to keep things simple. 65% goes to it's Golden State. Listen, in some leagues, you know, when, when I was... A younger man and the Bulls played the Pistons, right? It took the Bulls a long time or a few years, but the Pistons beat them. The Pistons beat them. The Bulls finally slayed them, right? And and if I'm not mistaken, the same thing was perhaps true of the Pistons and Lakers. The point being is sometimes these teams finally get to the point where they can beat them. And sometimes you get the Jazz and Bulls. It don't happen. And in this one, Golden State is just a better franchise. Houston can win. All the regular season games at once. It can be an outstanding team, you know, from basically November to April. But the playoffs start, and a team is just better than you, more talented. So 65% of this goes to the Warriors being the Warriors. uh, 25% goes to being Chris Paul. It's not Chris Paul. The, The guy... The guy that we saw who got hurt in the playoff series last year, it, it looks like that was a last gasp of who he was, but he's not the same guy now. He is, I don't want to say he's cooked, but he's certainly not going to be a player that can lead you past Golden State. And so that's 25% and 10%. James Harden is a regular season nightmare. He's a fantastic player. But come the playoffs, uh, his style of play, he can't do it by himself, basically. And again, Golden State is a superior franchise. And so 10% Ten percent of this goes to if this game was being played on an arbitrary night in January, James Harden could probably win you that game or a couple games. Well, he can't do that when it comes to uh, April into May. And so the last percentage is James Harden is just not that player to do
0: it. Yeah, I'll say 40% is just the Warriors are better. They keep on they keep on lulling us into thinking, ah, maybe they're not the Warriors anymore. And then they remind you they indeed are the Golden State Warriors. They're better than everybody, and they're on their way to yet another championship. So that's 40% of it. You just don't beat that team four times in the span of seven games. You simply don't 10% Daryl Morey and 10% Mike D'Antoni, just because he can't let the GM or president of basketball operations and the coach off the hook. When you lose, those are the guys who coach that team who put that roster together. So they have to take some of the blame. Now there's 40% left. I'm going to give 20% to James Harden because You're a superstar, dude. You're the best scorer on the planet. A top three player in this league, according to some people. you got to take that series over when it's time to take that series over, especially when Kevin Durant goes down and the series is in your hands and there for the taking. And I did not see James Harden find another gear or another level when it was there for the taking. And then Chris Paul, man. And maybe it's injury. Maybe it's age finally taking its toll on him. But last year, he goes down in Game 5, and when it looked like the, the Rockets could have won that series, and everybody said they would have won that series if not for Chris Paul, and then the Warriors lose their best player in Kevin Durant, and still having a healthy Chris Paul was not enough, proving that that trade did not have the impact that they hoped that it would have when they brought Chris Paul over from the Los Angeles Clippers, so that's how I break it down. 40, it's just the Warriors, 10 to the GM, 10 to the coach, 20 to each of their two superstars.
1: Wow. I love all of these. I like the savageness more. in Phil. And Phil's just going with choke and genetics. But I do like that you gave, that, you, that Judd and Rami gave a lot of blame to James Harden and Chris Paul. But unfortunately for you, Judd, you didn't give enough to Chris Paul and James Harden. Rami gets a point here because he gave there more, he gave more blame go. to those Let, two.
2: Let's, uh, let's carry over. Cram session will conclude when we come back. And also we'll hear from Sad Jimmy Butler. And uh, make some, make some, oh, well, well comparisons.
4: I'm sorry for Jimmy.
2: All right. Cram session. Uh, very spirited first two questions. Let's do question number three here. Jonathan Harris. So <laughs> What's the score right now? Is Judd up two nothing? On uh, this?
1: Judd is up one and Rami has one. Oh, so got it. You okay. are the only one who hasn't had a point yet. So okay. We can tie it up here. Let's do it. Albert says 2000th RBI, RBI hit was a homer. And the guy who caught it originally said he wasn't going to give it up. What's the one piece of sports history you would never sell or give up, no matter the price, if you had it?
4: I'll go first. Um, Well, sadly, I I saw this and I pondered it. And and my answer makes me very sad because the piece of history that I wouldn't give up does not exist, but I will still give you that piece. And that would be the puck from the game-winning goal from the North Stars clinching the Stanley Cup. Championship, their only Stanley Cup championship, if it existed, which it does not. To
0: almost cry to get
4: the point. No, I'm very emotional about the North Stars. No, I'm very emotional about the North Stars. Mm -hmm. But if they're, yeah, if the puck existed from the Minnesota North Stars, let's say in '81. Let's say no, you can keep the music going, Rami. Just to clarify, because I know
2: you're not from Minnesota, nor have you uh, you had roots in hockey. Right. The North Stars never won a Stanley Cup. Just so we're clear, and the North Stars is a hypothetical piece of memorabilia that does not exist. And
4: this team was truly my first and last love when I was a small Judd, when I was not cynical, when I was open-minded and thought that people cared, and I thought that sports was real, that there was a magic about it, that Met Center in Bloomington on the Prairie by Met Stadium, it was a place of thrills and chills and sometimes spills. And the Minnesota North Stars, the in 1981, well, I don't want to talk about that, in 1981, went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they lost to the Islanders, but let's say that they had won on a game-winning goal in Game 7, and that puck existed, and somebody came up to Little Judd and said, Little Judd, I want you to have this puck, this memory, for the rest of your life. You couldn't pry that out of my cold, dead hands. Wow. Now you guys give yours.
2: I mean,
0: do we need to... I even actually,
2: I think I speak for both Rami and I with my answer that uh, we also there is there is the, the the item does not exist because there's nothing that I won't take some amount of cash for.
0: No, I have. I actually have a piece of sports memorabilia oh, that never mind. You, you could not buy from me. OK. And it's Walter Payton's autograph. Oh, when I, was yeah, a, I take uh, cash for that. When I was a uh, 10
4: grand. Oh, me too. Well, because my,
0: I have a personal story that goes with it, though. It's not just an autograph. I didn't just show up like he was. Signing autographs at Dick's Sporting Goods and I just waited in line and Walter Payton signed an autograph for me. Robbie for Dicks. I was a uh I was a sophomore in high school and um the varsity team was in the playoffs and I was rather large, so they wanted uh large kids to be called up to the varsity team <laughs> for the playoffs to essentially be tackling dummies. Don't you try the fat kid thing. For the actual varsity team. So uh I did that. I uh I practiced with the varsity team for the duration of the playoffs. <laughs> And then it was championship week. And who came in to speak to the Palatine High School Pirates before they went and played for the state championship and lost? It was none other than Bears great. The greatest running back in the history of the NFL, Walter Payton, who came in and spoke to us for like half an hour. Came and spoke to our football team for half an hour. And then they dismissed the sophomores because it was the last practice before the championship game. And said, you guys are free to go. Walter Payton hung out and played catch with the handful of sophomores, myself included. Oh, that's touching. After when the varsity players went out mm. on the practice field and got ready for the state championship, I played catch with Walter Payton. Oh. And then he gave me an autograph. I'll take five grand. You actually. can't have I'll, I'll it. Take oh, the fuck. Cat.
2: I'll take the cash. No
0: yeah, amount of money. 500 bucks. No amount of money.
1: Oh, yeah, I take the can't money. Can't have it. Phil's right. It's mine and you can't have it. 500 so, bucks? If I'm understanding your answers correctly to mm-hmm. my question of what one piece of sports history you would never sell if you got your hands on it, mm-hmm. Phil, you answered, there's nothing thus answer, not answering my question. Judd, you answered a made up thing, which again, didn't answer my question. Rami smart man. was someone who actually answered my question. You're a smart man. Rami. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you get the point. You he's know not, what? I was corrupt. thinking of not giving it to you just, not corrupt. just to throw everybody out. I he's would not, never, I would never, Rami got the point there. you
4: know what? My answer, as far as I'm concerned, was perfect. It was made up. <laughs> it was ma- it was made up because the sports gods didn't shine upon little Judd, making him the cynic he is. If, something real, if that had really happened, do you know how much different I would be now? Do you know how my life would have been altered and changed, and how I would be on this airwave spewing <laughs> positives about teams? But it didn't. Yeah, happen. Would
2: you really? Oh man, maybe. Hey, do we have audio of, of sad Jimmy Butler? Yes. Speaking of sad sad moments. Uh, Jimmy Butler should make Wolves fans sad, uh, not Jimmy Butler.
1: With those two young guys,
4: um, they have so much potential to be great. Um, And the best thing about them is they want their teammates to be just as great as they are. Um, They're constantly working and they're constantly studying on how they can be better to help other guys be better. And those are the type of cornerstones you want in an organization. Um, They compete. They hate to lose. And uh, they they bring it every single day, man. Mm. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about both of them. uh, Obviously, I know they're going to continue to get better. They're going to go down in history and they're going to do some special things in his league.
2: Okay, is it just my Minnesota inferiority complex and insecurity, or did I just hear like every single word from Jimmy Butler? Was it just a straight indictment no, on Andrew was, Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns? He was
0: subtweeting. Okay. That, was, that I, was the
2: press conference equivalent of subtweeting. But maybe he was just complimenting two teammates. Can I, he in my mind, it's like, oh, he's, he's trashing Carl Anthony Towns. He was doing both. Can I tell you why?
4: I am that that this whole thing and Butler is a great play. He is a great player, and
2: and he He, made he's a good player.
4: Okay, well, he made a great play at the end of that game that almost won that game, and they obviously did not win. And I'm glad they didn't because he deserves not to win. But can I tell you you guys the one thing that that drives me absolutely crazy? And I'm speaking on behalf of Carl Anthony Towns right now. And this, honestly, I'm not joking here. Drives me nuts. That game gets done. Embiid starts crying. Which, by the way, you know what? Okay, heartbreaker. You're crying. But He cried in the arms of Marcus Gasol. Okay, but he also, but he, and here's what drives me nuts, and here's where Butler's a fraud and, and a hypocrite of the first degree. There's a shot of Embiid outside the locker room with his girlfriend holding him as he's crying. Okay? What would happen if Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns did the exact same thing? Now, number one, I'm offended. If you if you want to cry and be upset with your teammates, cool, go for it. There's no shame in crying. But if you leave the locker room and go to your girlfriend and cry, and Jimmy Butler doesn't get up to the podium and fillet your butt, something's wrong. He's a complete fraud. He is a complete and utter fraud. Because if Carl Anthony Towns or and this would not happen with Andrew, but if Carl Anthony Towns was upset enough to cry and went outside to his mom or girlfriend and cried, Jimmy Butler would have used that as an excuse for why this guy is an inferior type of personality to him. And to not go to the podium and say so. and to not go to the podium and say, Joel Embiid, you know what? I misjudged this whole thing. And for him to be outside our locker room crying to his girlfriend after I'm Mr. Tough Guy Jimmy Butler challenging people, this is what makes Jimmy Butler a fraud as a human being.
0: The reason that I think he he didn't take issue with it, and I don't know that he necessarily would take issue with that if Carl Anthony Towns or Andrew Wiggins did it, but if you want to compare the two, and the reason why I think he, he didn't with the Sixers and might have with the Wolves, is because Joel Embiid and and Ben Simmons showed him what he wanted to see from teammates for the entirety or most of a season all the way to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals, which took a miracle shot for them to not be going to the Eastern Conference but Finals. Is, but, Joel me, but- Embiid and Ben Simmons have already proven themselves to Jimmy Butler and have already shown that they have the qualities that Jimmy Butler wants in teammates, which Carl Anthony Towns and to a further degree, Andrew Wiggins never did. But Jimmy Butler leaves no
4: room for interpretation. You're either tough or you're not. And running outside your locker room to go cry to your girlfriend is not tough. And for him not to fillet that player for that to me makes him a complete fraud. That practice where he pulled that stunt? was a guy who was clearly telling everybody, you either play like I do or you don't. And to do what Embiid did is not part of Butler's plan, so call him out.
2: You know what actually makes Jimmy Butler a fraud? Well, 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 a couple things here. Remember, someone dug up the numbers on him with last-second shots with the Timberwolves that he was like 0 for 9 or something. Last season, right? His
4: one full season here.
2: I wish I had it in front of me, but... Jimmy Butler in the two most important games of this series against Toronto. A seven-game series against Toronto. Games one and game seven, both on the road against Toronto. Game seven, he shot 35%, five of 14 from the field, one of six from three-point range, and had one assist in the game. In game one, he was four of 12 with 10 points and three rebounds. The two most important games of the series. How about... uh, his last so he, game is a, a fraud because he missed shots? I mean, guys missed shots. Me, he took the shots. Let me continue. Jimmy Butler, game five clincher against Houston. His last game was a Timberwolf. Four of ten, quits on the team. Eight points and uh, basically did nothing in 30 minutes to prove a point, I guess. Let's let these guys hang on themselves. He carries himself behind the scenes and on the court like he's Kobe Bryant. And when the game's on the line, whether it's the last 10 seconds stat that we had last year or Game 7 against the Raptors, or Game 1 against the Raptors, or the clincher against Houston, and there's other games in Chicago where he doesn't show up. He goes, he shoots 36% against Cleveland in 2015, 8 of 22, and they get smoked by 21 points. Your chance to uh, do some damage. He carries himself like Kobe, and he wants people to treat him like Kobe, but he never gets to the conference finals. Like, he's not, he's not the best player on a team that goes deep
0: in the playoffs, and yet... He expects everyone to treat him that he's way. He's not Kobe in the sense that he's not as good as Kobe or any other great player that that you want. And you've you've made other comparisons too. He thinks he's MJ. He thinks he's LeBron. He does. He's and and you might be right. And he's not those guys in the sense of production and the actual result that you get from him on the court. But we talk all the time about that. I'm I'm more concerned with the process than I am with the results, pun not intended when we talk about the process in the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> and I think why Jimmy Butler acts like those guys is because the same way those guys did with a lot more talent, and that's why you got more production out of that, the same way those guys did show up to practice Every day and try to get better. Get in the weight room every day and try to get better. Go do stuff on your own when your coach isn't even watching or telling you that you need to go and do these things to get better care about, have the desire to win and the hate for losing more than anybody else who might be on the court with you at any given time. Jimmy Butler might not put up the numbers or be as productive as MJ or Wade or LeBron or Kobe or anybody else that you want to, but he does those things. But I, but the, I would the argue. The same way that those guys did and he asks that his teammates do the same thing. And I don't have a problem with the guy who asks his teammates to do that. But
2: he's not consistent. But here's the thing. when we get. Let's let's carry this over with, with Pat when we come back here. Rap with Roycey. But I would contend that he's a guy who goes 5 of 14 in a big game and then picks the straw man argument that no one cares as much as he does, which is BS. Like so
0: Andrew he, Wiggins cares. Well, we're all, all and going today and
2: say Andrew Wiggins cares. Andrew Wiggins does not. Carl Anthony Towns absolutely cares. He
0: cares, but does he have the quote-unquote... He's, he's um, a better player than Jimmy Butler. But He's a more productive player than Jimmy Butler. Imagine how good he could be if he had but, a little bit of dog in him.
4: But that's the problem. is Embiid showed weakness, and Butler is supposed to call that, that out at every turn. He set that as his precedent, and now it, he very conveniently doesn't call it out. It's... A, if Jimmy, but Jimmy Butler is lacking the one thing that Phil, it's a term that Phil has used a thousand times self-awareness. He just has none. Like, it's like, you've got to be, you're an adult dude. Be aware of your shortcomings of your strengths. And and if you're going to call people out, be consistent and you can't decide. I'm not going to, I'm going to call cat out. But when it comes to Embiid, who, by the way, showed weakness,
0: that's okay. I think Embiid earned his respect, but he lost Kat it when he ran Wiggins. out of the locker room. Cat and Wiggins never did. The locker room. And B looks great in a suit when he's
2: injured behind uh, cry in the locker behind the bench. Seriously, suit.
4: cry in the locker room with your teammates. That's I not a time to be going outside and bawling with your girlfriend. Into her. I mean, he arms. already cried
0: in the arms of Marcus Sol. <laughs> I fixed that
4: up quickly. Into her arms. Oh
2: man. Let's talk. Let's talk about federated insurance Very careful for a that. company here for a, a minute here. Uh Federated Mutual Insurance Company reminds us all to drive safe. Aggressive driving has a lot of different names. Road rage is, is uh, a phrase that we use. But uh, it all means the same thing. It's risky behavior. The road can be a very dangerous and unpredictable place. Let's focus on controlling reactions to events while we're on the road and do our best to avoid creating situations that might put other drivers over the edge. Aggressive driving behaviors are tough to name as direct causes of crashes, but some reports have estimated that such behaviors have contributed to more than half of fatal accidents on U.S. roads. When you keep your emotions in check, you're doing your part to help everyone make it home safe today. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, we wrap with Roycey shortly. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios. Pat, you know the twins are off to a good start when only taking two of four from the Tigers is, is like the most disastrous weekend of the first six weeks.
3: <laughs> Well, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's not the most disastrous weekend. They well, weekend perhaps, but they did lose three to four, three out of four to Toronto when they were here last time. So, uh, yeah, these things are going to happen. Just because they're better than the Tigers, uh, doesn't mean that you're uh, you, you know you're you're going to beat them three out of four. That's uh, and there's an indication here. Maybe the bats are cooling off a little bit. And uh, maybe uh, somebody uh, said, hey, listen, look at Martin Perez here when he pitches. He throws everything on the inner third, so be ready to hit that. And that's what happened early in that game. So I'm uh, I'm not surprised at all. And it's it's a baseball season. They're going to have a week when they go one and six and uh, against mediocre teams and people can patty completely. So that's the way it happens. The Judd columns on the website are going to be awesome. <laughs> <in that effort. laughs> Oh, there'll be. Uh, bad. But can I? Can I bring up something to the Milwaukee Meteor here? Can I? Sure. Yeah. I, I was. I was listening to the earlier conversation on Kyle Rudolph. Yes, and it was a fine conversation, except my part. Except except for your solution, right? We're going to trade Rudolph. If we trade Rudolph, you don't want them to take. Uh, draft choices because they should be getting assets because they got a two-year window. Well, what I was saying, Pat, maybe Here's I didn't, maybe problem. I wasn't. Let me, clear.
0: All right, let go me ahead. tell you here:
3: <laughs> the reason they're trading Rudolph was an asset is they couldn't afford any more. They're getting rid of his salary, so they couldn't afford to trade him for other assets because they couldn't pay them
0: either. Right. The assets I was saying that they should have acquired, and why I was saying that the timing of this wasn't great was I would have done it before the draft. To get more draft picks, which would have been cheaper than acquiring oh, an already established oh, oh, yeah, player on let's somebody get else's 15 roster. And, let's
3: get 15 instead
0: of 12. Well, no, then if I'm Rick Spielman, I might not have traded <laughs> down to make it 12 picks if I had already acquired picks in exchange for Kyle Rudolph.
3: Yeah, maybe he could have traded up, uh, gotten Greedy and uh, Greedy Williams, yeah. and then he could have dumped Trey Waynes and everything it would have been fine, and then he could have kept Kyle Rudolph. Well, maybe.
4: Zim wouldn't like that, though. That's the problem. No. Zim, Zim wanted his defensive guys. He doesn't really care about the <laughs> offense that
3: much. Okay. Well, anyway, Kyle Rudolph, I hope he doesn't give him a nickel back because uh, he's been a great guy. Uh, he's been a great player. Like a very good player. and A hell of a guy. And now they're going to him and wanting to put the screws to him. Drives me nuts when, they, when they're when they allowed to do this to uh, people like uh, Chad Greenway and Kyle Rudolph and players like that. I'm still... I'm still miffed, even if Greenway's not, that they made him take a 50% pay cut, and then they used him for over 400 plays, and then he didn't give him any of that money back because he was going to be a part-time player. So they uh, you know, took away half his money, and then somebody got hurt. And he had to play 400 plays, and they didn't pay him. Pat, it's unbelievable what, what the NFL gets away with.
2: What do you think the most likely out, because they, they do have to find money, whether it's – Kyle Rudolph. Like what do you think is the most likely way that they free up money in the next couple of weeks?
3: Do you think they trade I, cuts? I, 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 I think you guys had it absolutely right. They thought because Rudolph was such a, I was so established in this. Community that he wouldn't, you know, he and his family they wouldn't want to leave. So he could, which is really a good reason to put the screws to a guy, right? <laughs> because he really likes it here. Let's because we know this guy really likes here. I'm a. i am hate to say this, but I agree one hundred percent with Jet. Cut Emerson Griffin. It would have been easy. It was. They already screwed that one up. Why in the hell did they bring him back? He's thirty. Something, his best days are behind him and, uh, it, you can, you got defensive ends. So why, why did you do that? That was really stupid. But what is the most likely? It depends upon how upset Rudolph is. If Rudolph is, uh, you know, really, uh, upset and, uh, you know, could make Things miserable for them. They might have to cut him, but I would guess they get a 6 round draft choice or something, which is Man. worthless, useless, doesn't do you any good. But uh, no. Here's what if what if Herb Smith turns out to be Troy Williamson? You that know? would be a what problem. Then, throw... then,
2: then everyone's getting fired. Yeah, I was going to say. Then Rick spillman <laughs> <they> Throw, <laughs> if a if job? throw him the ball.
3: What if they throw him the ball and it hits him in the head? <laughs> you know. <laughs> he <laughs> about... he I was there. about twenty. He caught about twenty passes in he was used as extensively in Alabama as Troy Williamson was in South Carolina. This is the stupidest thing ever that you think because you use a second-round pick on a tight end that had a lot of people who worked on him that hard, and all of a sudden you don't need Cal Rudolph because you got this phenom who may or may not be able to play. And uh, I think it was a was it caller or maybe a uh, guest or Somebody had the piece about... How few tight ends have an immediate impact? That was calling you. You yeah. see that thing the other day? Yeah, I was. You see that? Thing? Yep, I didn't. Yeah. saw it. Yep. Yeah, there's, you know, like one out of every 15 that are drafted in the early rounds turn out to be anything. Who knows? This guy is, you know, what, you got to figure out a way to keep Rudolph. Get rid of Trey Wayne, for goodness sakes. That'd be, that'd be what I do. You can make, you can replace him.
4: How about Guardy get, getting tossed by Hunter? Was that not? Was that not an everything <laughs> is Hardy right with baseball right. moment? Yeah, that he was, was right. He
3: was right, but that I loved it. Oh yeah, I'm glad he uh, went out. He hadn't got thrown out by him since uh, what 2000? I think five. I don't think he got. I think he only got thrown out. Uh, he got thrown out of a playoff game against him, Game Two in 2010 against the Yankees. And then he, uh, I think only once more before, uh, this time that he get thrown out. But boy, it was fun back then when they could just go off on the umpires and there was nothing, you know, they might get a $5,000 fine. You know, remember, you had all those quotes about he's a showboat, he's a smartass and stuff like that. And now if you do that, they'll suspend you for a game. But Guardian, he, Guardian, he, Actually, hated each other, you know, so which, which is the way it should be with umpires and man, a few managers, you know. So, yeah, you're not Gardner, gonna,
2: yeah, the, the robots aren't gonna talk back at you like Hunter Wendell's no,
3: will. No, and it was funny that uh, Gardy, uh, you know, was saying Hunter and I are fine, we're okay, we patched it up, blah blah blah. And then he said, I said, then I asked him a couple more questions. He says, I don't want to talk about it, I can't afford to get fined. <laughs> so, he was, he was telling <laughs> out great. Right? He was telling how great they are, but, uh, he, uh, yeah, Hunter and him, uh, do not get along, that's for sure. And it's, uh, you don't get to see many of those anymore, but man, are they rabbit ears. How about, uh, how about the guy running, how about that Jordan Baker running around in front of Austin E.O. to bark at him because he kind of flinched when he didn't call a strike, uh, that was on a pretty good pitch. Yeah, I didn't Man, even see
0: anything on replay that that warranted that. Like, like they slowed it down and went frame by frame. I
3: was like, "What? What did he do to to upset yeah, the was, umpire?" Suppose not only are you supposed to not complain to him, but you're supposed to act like you agree with them, right? <laughs> you know, apparently that's the new ethic now. Turn around and say, "Good you, call." Yeah, yeah. Even if. Uh, even if you don't approve, you can't. You can't indicate. You you can't frown else this jerk's gonna run around from behind home plate. And I've always said, if the entire population did their jobs as well as Major League Baseball umpires, we'd have the worst economy in the free world. Yep.
0: <laughs> robot <laughs> umpire takeover, Pat. This is why I want the robot umpire takeover.
3: No, I like incompetent umpires. They give us something. To, they give us something to talk about. I'm more interested in stuff to talk about than I am whether they're right or
0: not. That's a solid point. Yeah, it's not yeah, that's that's a same. solid yeah. point. That's the best argument no. I've heard against robot <laughs> umpire takeover.
3: Yes, yes. You guys got uh, hours and hours of uh, show, show, show. Ah,
0: Just
2: yep. two. Anyway. <laughs> just. All right, Pat. Uh, give us a uh, give us your best tease for for Royce Unchained tonight. What are we going to find on Royce Unchained?
3: We were pretty calm. What'd you say, Jed? Uh, till the end, I, I think you melted down. I went off. I melted down on uh, fast pitch softball, college fast pitch softball games because the girls won't shut up and watch the game. They sit there and cheer the whole game out of the dugout. The
4: Roycey slogan: Shut up and watch the game. <laughs> Twins baseball 2020. Just shut up and watch <laughs> the game.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're not. They don't. They they won't be quiet. Come on, relax, relax. She might get a hit, she might not. She doesn't need you babbling in her ear.
2: I don't know, I think I disagree. I think you know what we need more of in girls softball, Pat? Vuvuzelas. We need
3: some vuvuzelas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the audience, that would be less. Obnoxious than ever. Wow. the two dugouts constantly, cheery, <laughs> constantly chattering nonsense. Yeah, it's fourteen
2: to nonsense. one. You could probably sit down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Pat. We'll see. We'll um, well uh, enjoy your trip. We'll see you in a week. Goodbye. All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mackie and John with Rami. Find our podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, most notably the Scornorth mobile app, and Ricy Unchained with Judd is coming up next.
4: It's all good. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.